This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is David A. Goodman, writer and consulting producer for Star Trek Enterprise, and you're listening to Warp 5 on Trek FM. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated podcast to Star Trek Enterprise. I'm your host, Patrick Devlin, and join with me, as always, is my good friend, Brandon Shamatala. Brandon, how are you? I am doing very, very good tonight. This is our second podcast in a row recording, um, so I don't have anything funny to start the episode like I normally do. Good, because I didn't even know where to go with that last one. <laughs> now, I, yes. now, I'm doing good, too. In two days, I'll be on a, on a boat. In the middle of the ocean, so I can't complain. I'm on a boat. On a boat? On a boat. Sounds well, it's a, it's a ship if you talk to the people who work on it. They get really upset if you call it a boat, but I will. And, listeners, that voice you just heard is Carrie Purvis. Carrie, how are you? I'm doing great. I think spring is finally here in Maine, so I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm excited to be back here on Warp 5. We are very excited to have you. Yay. <laughs> what he said. Yes. Yes. What I, That's right. What I said. That's right. This is my show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I quit last episode anyway, so it's fine. <laughs> so, excellent. Me being on a ship in the middle of the ocean and quitting is not what we're talking about here today. We are Did the ship hit the fan? Uh, <laughs> come on, two episodes in a row I got to put up with that nonsense joke. <laughs> I'll tell Carrie the joke because she didn't hear it last time. Number one made a number two joke. Oh. (laughs) I'm saving that for later. That's awesome. (laughs) Patrick quit again. (laughs) This is becoming a weekly thing. Um, Okay. So, but we are here to talk about Carrie's first viewing of season two of Enterprise. What are your initial thoughts, you know, just uh, overall reaching thoughts on the entire season there, Carrie? I I enjoyed it. I think this series is still trying to find its legs a little bit. Uh, after seeing the, what was the name of the last episode? I'm already forgetting episode names. The Expanse. The Expanse, yeah. I think things are really going to start taking off in the third season. It Watching The Expanse was really interesting because it, it really, I'm sure it was alluding to 9-11 and... It really 
after the attack on earth, it just, just felt like everything kind of changed. The tone changed. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to really start getting its feet in the third season, but I enjoyed this second season too. There were some really fun episodes and some were a little not so fun, but, um, we can talk about that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I noticed you mentioned nine eleven. Now I've always said to people, if you haven't watched, you have to watch season three because it's like an answer to nine eleven, And, mm-hmm. Most people then agree with that, but I've never really heard anyone else say it before. I find it interesting that you brought it up because you're also in the Northeast like me. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of more yes. close to home to us. Like I'm actually in New York, so I watched 9-11 play out live in front of my eyes. Like, not on a TV, you know? So, But most people will associate it after you mention it, I think, but they don't really think of it right up front. So, yeah, season three is definitely 9-11. Or at least yeah. a response to nine eleven, uh, as you'll see as you move forward, and uh, definitely they we'll get into it when you get to the last episode. But definitely that attack is obviously a reference to nine eleven, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, unquestionably, I think. So, mm-hmm. so how would you say that it compares then to season one? I think it's interesting. I was just watching an interview with uh, Brennan Braga and uh, I think Rick Berman was in it. And they mentioned in the second season how they fired a bunch of the writers and that uh, they wanted to get a new feel. And um, I honestly, though, I feel kind of like they were kind of similar in some ways. Um, the, The characters are more, they're more defined now, I think, and they're getting more settled in their roles but um, yeah, I did find some, there were some similarities too, I think. Uh, it, it's kind of like comparing TNG season one and TNG season two, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And with that series, they were still trying to get their footing. I keep saying that, but um, that's just kind of the feeling I got that it, I think the show still didn't quite know what it wanted to be um, or what direction it was going at that point. I, I don't know how either of you feel about that, but that's definitely what I felt. I would somewhat agree. I think that they knew they wanted to be like exploratory and hope, right? That's kind of how they were trying to portray that. But I also think that somewhere around the middle of season two, they made a conscious decision that by the end, they were going to start talking about more current events. And yeah, if mm-hmm. you can feel that in this, like in season one, it was all about hope and exploring. Like, yeah, we're going to go out and explore the galaxy. And then by the middle of season two on, you start to feel like a push towards more of that, we're going to go into that 9-11 story soon, you know, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, I think it did start touching more on social issues of the time, definitely. I noticed that in a number of episodes. With the with the season two episodes, did you notice any, any other types of changes as a first-time viewer to the types of stories that we're telling? Because to me, in season two, they start to have a little bit more callbacks to some of the other Star Trek, yeah. like Ron Williams <laughs> and Tellarites and stuff. So what did you think of that? I did start to feel like there were definitely more callbacks to different, uh, from to other series. And I did start to feel like some of the stories kind of had recycled plot lines to them, I noticed. Um yeah, there were definitely some callbacks, like seeing the Borg, which I actually liked. I, I didn't think I would like that, but I thought Regeneration was great. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, the Romulans, more Klingons. It's hard to remember all the episodes I've seen since I finished it uh, like over a month ago. But 
Yes. Getting to know the Vulcans, that's been, um, getting to know more about them has been interesting. Um, we talked last time about how they weren't actually this peace-loving race, um, and I'm, I'm really seeing what you mean now, that they, they are definitely not. Yeah, they're, they're not the Vulcans we knew. Right. Although, in talks, you know, doing this podcast and stuff, it turns out that they are a little... What, the Vulcans we knew are more of a reminiscent, uh, you know, we believe they're very nice and cordial and logical, and they're not always that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Very true. Excellent. So what would you say was like a standout episode for you from the second season? Carbon Creek. <laughs> yeah that i just i loved that um it's just such a feel-good episode and i watched it and immediately wanted to watch it again it was just it was so fun um another one that really stood out was stigma and i know that was uh referring to the aids pandemic but i think it's an important episode to watch today as well because it made me think of um when people were coming forward and talking about why they didn't report their sexual assaults it to Paul didn't want to report what happened to her. And um, I think it's a really important episode um, around that topic. So it's interesting to see how back when the show aired, it was important for the talk about the AIDS pandemic, which it still is, but now there's a whole other um, side to it that we can look at and talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess that uh, it is kind of interesting to look at that in this era of me too, Mm -hmm. uh, because you know, like the Vulcans in it are so the the guy is so aggressive and so angry and whatnot, and you know it's it's nice to see um, Archer just support his crew member without question. Definitely, right? Which is a good ally. The, the traits of a good ally is just you know support. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Definitely. So to bring you back one step, though, uh, you said Carbon Creek was a standout episode. Do you believe the events in Carbon Creek actually happened or it's just a story? Mm, I don't know. I'm, I, maybe they happened. Um, I think it's, it's a great story whether or not it happened, I think. Um, but with T'Pol, um, at the end of the episode, she, what did she, did she have the Velcro at the end? I'm trying to remember what it was she had at the end that showed the, the purse. The purse, that's it, the purse. purse, yes. Um, now that I think back to that, I think it did happen, but um, what do you think? Oh, I think it happened, and I think that's what made it an essential episode, but mm-hmm. I got voted down by Brandon, so. No, Brandon, you don't think so? Uh, no, I think yeah. I think it happened as well, but I just we just didn't deem it as an essential episode. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Now I, I have a thought on that episode. So um, Mestral, he they said he was probably on Earth for the rest of his life, however long that is, because Vulcans live a long time, and maybe he didn't reveal that he was a Vulcan to people. But um, Ponfar is every seven years, right? I think mm-hmm. so. If if he was going through Ponfar, I think if they don't mate, then they die. Is that true? I, I so. Well, that was true in 1967. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't really been true since, right? Well, yeah, wasn't there a Voyager before. episode, though, where Bellana, um she... What happened? There was a, the Vulcan who, who liked Boric. Yeah, and then... Somehow she 
it's been a while since I've seen that one too. Um, well, but somehow she wound up with Ponfar and they said she could die if she didn't mate. <laughs> yeah, but then Tuvok right. had Ponfar and they just needed to, they did a hologram just to ease the symptoms, not necessarily okay. to keep him from dying. So they, they go back and forth on it or whatever. So maybe he only lived seven years or maybe. maybe he lived a long time, which is what one of the reasons why some people don't believe the episode actually happened because how did no one ever find the body? But I mean, he went and hidden a cave it was 1957 yeah plenty of caves to hide in right he uh he fell in love with that woman who was running the bar yeah shirley baker from uh, a league yes. of their own <laughs> yes yeah there you go yeah so he, he stuck around for that so i'm content with that i mean like you know it's one of those things where I, david uh uh or sorry dayton dayton ward wrote a couple of stories that take place and, and Mistral actually shows up in some of the novels. Uh, we had Dayton Ward on to do a commentary for Carbon Creek. Oh, cool. Uh, many episodes. Yeah, so if you want to take a listen to that, it's a, it's back in the feed somewhere. I can take a look. Yeah. Um, but uh, we talk about Mistral, and, and it's interesting to get uh, an author's point of view on one of those episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see if I can find that episode number for you. Yeah, please. That's so, awesome. Since we talked about your standout episodes, which were the ones that stood out for all the wrong reasons? Oh my gosh! What is the name of that terrible one that was like Mud's Women? Or um, let me see, the uh, Precious Cargo that was awful, oh, yes. <laughs> terrible episode. Um, but it's funny. I was looking at my notes for that one, and um, what did I write? At the end of it, I wrote, "Her hair looks great after a roll in the swamp." So <laughs> I guess that was the highlight of the episode for me. No, I I did not like that episode. It was just so silly and campy and wasn't a fan at all um and then i didn't really care for the seventh that um that was just upsetting i thought and i think those were really the two big ones i wasn't fond of the seventh that's the one where we're like oh it's the seven samurai no it's not <laughs> yeah, that's marauders <laughs> yeah that, well, i know now which one it is it's the one with the vulcans but yeah. uh yeah, that one didn't stand out. How, how about the set, the the finale, or sorry, the premiere, uh, Shockwave Part Two? Was that a satisfactory season opener? Was that a satisfactory conclusion for you? Um, bringing in Daniels and the time, uh, the Temporal Cold War again. I think for the most part it was uh, the way Archer got back. I I felt like there were kind of some holes in that. They just built they just built this. Um, this machine i don't even remember maybe it was wasn't a machine they built something from reading the books and then he got back and that just seemed um i would have liked a little more space telephone a little more explanation for that um i I felt it was a satisfactory um wrapping it up but i i think they could have added a little more to it too um it it seemed a little rushed Mm -hmm. the commentary was episode 110 of warp 5 Mm mm-hmm Chocolate Chip Cookies is the name of the episode. <laughs> awesome. Episode 110. So. Chocolate Chip yeah, Cookies. Yeah, it was that's a great. good commentary. Jeez, that's that's almost 80 episodes ago now. Holy smokes. I wasn't even here ago. for wow. that. No, I showed up at like 1.30 or something. <laughs> yeah. So what what did you think of episodes like uh, Cogenitor or... Uh, yeah, what, what were your thoughts on Cogenitor? Um, cogenitor. I, I had a really hard time with that one. I, I really, I had some mixed feelings about it. Uh, I, okay. the ending was, it was just tragic. What happened, mm-hmm. um, to Charles, I believe that was what they called the cogenitor. That's what they mm-hmm. wanted to be called. Um, I, I have a hard time deciding if I 
agreed, I mean, I agreed with what Tripp did or if, um, I think that um, whether or not I agree with him getting involved with that, because I agree that the cogenitor should have had equal rights and not been subjected to that, but also the way Tripp uh, tried to um, help liberate them, I guess, wound up with them dying by suicide. And that was, um, that was really sad. And it, it had a very Handmaid's Tale kind of feeling to it. Well, I haven't seen Handmaid's Tale yet, so I don't, don't spoil it. I won't. You should read the book too, though. <laughs> yeah, Margaret Atwood, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, no, I haven't, I haven't seen it or read it. My wife watched the first season of that. She said she really liked it. Yeah, I haven't watched the show yet, but I read the book recently. I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, see, that one. That one's always been like a really interesting one for me because I look, you know, if you go back to the episode that we did, we had Dan Devey from Gaze in Space come on and we talked about Cogenitor and uh, we had Barry DeFord of Politrex come on the show as well. And, you know, like one of the things that I always think about with that episode is like, you know, what are the rights of the individual as opposed to the civilization? And if this 3% is necessary for the pot, like creating the species, if you remove them and grant them the rights and they choose to not do what they want to do, then that could mean the death of the whole society, you know? And, you know, we, we had discussions of like, well, they could probably come up with some type of artificial insemination of some sort. And it's like, well, okay. The, so then my thought process is what if they can't because of what the cogenitor is, but you know, it's, it's a good discussion episode and I think it's still oh, a yeah. very important, yeah. very, very important episode. It, it's a painful and it should be painful, yes. but it also should provoke thought and it should provoke uh, debate and philosophical, philosophical conversations. So. Yeah. I actually really like the episode for how hard it is to watch. And to talk mm -hmm. about that's one of the things I like about it. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make that episode either. Just keep talking about all the episodes. Oh, the sad part is I set it up too. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I was I, there was some reason, one reason or another, I knew I wasn't going to make it. But uh, I really wanted to talk about that episode. And uh, you know, you're right. The ending kind of sucks, but I do believe Trip is justified in trying to help them liberate themselves because mm -hmm. I just think that the individual has more rights than the society. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very yeah. true. I, I mean, I absolutely think that he was justified. I just, I think where I struggle with it is just that the, the cogenitor didn't really have, once he brought, gave them the awareness that, um, yeah, I, I don't know how to describe this. I do. I, I Hold think, on. I think I know yeah. exactly how yes. you're trying to describe this. because I, had I think this, you know what I'm saying. I had probably. this argument a few times with other things than just this. It's great to liberate, but then just up and leave. You do not give them the tools they need once right. they are. Yes. To, to, yeah, you don't give them the tools they need moving forward. It's great to give someone their freedom, but you have to then stay there and help them to get to the next step so that they don't need you anymore to do that. That was the problem with the episode. And I think that plays a big role in not just this episode, but society in general. We've done that a lot in other countries, and we've gone and knocked mm -hmm. out regimes and, you know, whatever. And then we don't do anything for the people there, so we're back in the same boat or a worse boat than we were when we started. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. Now, if I remember correctly, you had mentioned that you really liked... Uh, Hoshi and Mayweather, and they didn't get a whole lot in the first season, and they didn't as well in this season. They each had kind of one episode that focused on them. We had Horizon. I loved uh, Horizon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about talk about that. 
Yeah, well, I loved it just because we got to see more of Mayweather. That was really awesome. And from what I was told on Twitter, this is the last time he gets an episode, like, just dedicated to him. Well, he dies in the start of season three. No. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Why no. would you do that to her? <laughs> <laughs> However, with the amount of episodes he gets, he might as well. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Like, when you when we asked you that in season one, uh, so spoiler alert, I, all I thought was, oh, man, she's going to be disappointed. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah those are, it, it is disappointing. Yeah, it's just, yeah. there are more horsey episodes. I don't know how good they are. Oh man, I just watched the, one of the ones in season three, and uh, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, the Beauty and the Beast, like one that would just terrible. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, crab face McCrabberson. Crab face. Uh, and she must have been like they had her wearing these tiny little dresses, and I just kept watching her walk through the castle and thinking, "Isn't she cold?" <laughs> but this season we got Vanishing Point, where she thinks she's turning invisible, right? And then we get her crazy parent. Buck Bokai, and he's like, I don't know, we like to make fun of that episode. Just our family! She's not your family, she's our family! Yeah, I, I wasn't, yeah, I, I didn't really like that episode. Um, I didn't hate it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't thrilled with it's it either. It's Hoshi, cherish it. Yeah, well, right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked, there were some Hoshi moments that I thought were good, like in, um, which one? The Martyrs, I think it was called, where she was... Um, Marauders. Marauders, thank you. Oops. <laughs> um, where she was uh, shooting and she, like, Malcolm had trained her before and now she was confident. Um, that was nice to see. And then in um, Shockwave Part 2, when she was tackling her fears of... Uh, with her claustrophobia crawling through, um, crawling through the ship. And that was great until she fell through and lost her shirt and that just didn't seem necessary but <laughs> hey i you know what i'm okay with that now with the amount of people talking about ethan peck's butt you know oh i, I haven't followed discovery but i, I yeah. have seen things about his butt honestly a year yeah. ago um yeah I, I would have said the exact same thing you just said that's kind of unnecessary but yeah after doing a podcast on discovery for this past season and hearing about his butt yeah Okay. Now you now I'm curious. Now I'm okay with it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now I don't I don't mind so much. I'm okay with what we got. So okay, it wasn't over the top. So you know, it wasn't crazy. No, crazy. it it wasn't over. No, the, the top just went over. Right, exactly. Right. But <laughs> yes, leave it to Brendan to twist what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, yes. What did you think? I'm just trying to pick up random episodes, but like an episode like Minefield. How how'd you feel about that one? Minefield. That's the one with the the with the Romulans and yeah, that. Oh yeah, and um, there was the mine on the ship, right? And then boom, through his leg. Yes, I liked that. Yeah, and I I liked seeing Malcolm in that episode and getting to know a little bit more about him and how he he's very formal and doesn't like he didn't feel comfortable having a meal with his captain. He didn't think people should be fraternizing. That was interesting. Um, And then how um learning about his uh, how his family was in the navy and uh when what really struck or stuck out to me was when he was saying uh you know i'm i'm ready for you to blow this up if you have to the ship comes first and um that was very malcolm i thought <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that really set up 
going forward his character too. I mean, you'll mm-hmm. see it more in season three, and um, that scene really sets up the temperament of Malcolm, which I thought was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I liked it when he said uh, when they gave him. I think it was painkillers or something. And he said, please, sir, can I have some more? Um, <laughs> it was a running joke everywhere. Yes. <laughs> so there was some other interesting episodes. Like we got to learn a little bit about Phlox's culture in the yeah. episode, the breach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. You know, and like the, the racism that they have with that other species, you know, I thought that was a really fascinating episode and it was really interesting to get kind of this dark, history for his culture for his for for the denobulans you okay over there yes you having a stroke what's going on (laughs) the nobulans it's the canadian way (laughs) a boot a boot (laughs) sorry (laughs) you were saying i just had to he tortures me all the time i have to take my shots when i can oh well (laughs) um no, but you were saying, uh, so what did you think of seeing this side of the Denobulans, though? It was interesting, and I, I feel like that this is that's a, an episode that is also a good discussion point for today um, with the discussion of racism. And I thought um, it was touching when he was composing the letter to his son at the end of the episode, um, wanting to reconnect with him and hoping that maybe hearing about his experience would help change his son and maybe bring them back together too but um that was really sad seeing how he and his son were estranged um Mm -hmm. because of that but yeah flox really there was a lot of character development in that i think he really we get to see a lot more of him and his culture there and that was really great okay so now here we go here's the one that i've been waiting for so future tense future tense oh yeah i liked that but (gasps) i'm gonna be honest like i i had a hard time there was just so much going on like um you know, the, the shuttle that um, was bigger on the inside than the outside, and then the time loop, and then the Suleban, and uh, it, it was good, but there was just, I, I had a hard time following it, to be honest. You too much going on. You should have just stopped it. Oh, because you, you threw a dagger right at Brandon with I'm that sorry, one. I'm sorry, Brandon. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's been nice knowing you, and uh, <laughs> you have fun all by yourself with your season three and four watch. At this point, Brandon's by himself. I don't know who he's podcasting with, but we'll do season three together. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't hate the episode. No, I knew you liked it, Brandon, and that's why I did the because uh, I I do like it. But I, if you were to ask me the whole storyline, I probably would forget half of it because yeah, there was just so much going on. But uh, what do you like about it? I'm curious. So I love. Well, again, if you go to the first episode of Warp Five, I did was episode ninety two. And it was we did a commentary. They they said, Brandon, what do you want to do? I said, let's do a commentary for for uh, future tense. And you know, to me, the episode screams prequel, and that's what we named the podcast. The episode screams oh. prequel because there's so mm-hmm. much in it. Because we've got the Tholians, right? You know, and I, I've mentioned like one of my top five moments of the entire Enterprise run is the first time we hear the Tholian voice in that episode because it calls back to the Tholian web. But not only that, you know, when Archer asks the question, could this be Zephram Cochran? Yes, that was cool. It calls back to metamorphosis from the original Star Trek as well, because we see Zephram Cochran had left earth. 
That's you know, right. Like, yes. So, you know, it's just, there's so much in it. It, it. And so the episode to me just screams prequel. And it's, mm-hmm. it's what I wanted so much more out of Enterprise. And it was done in such a wonderful way. There is a lot going on in the episode. And like, even when we did our essential episode, we determined it's not essential because it's not, they, they don't directly call it as, as a tie into the temporal cold war. It's there. But it's it's not they don't even mention the Temple Cold War or anything. There's just like this time traveling aspect of it. But I don't know. I, I I love the idea of the time loop. I just think there's so much really cool stuff in the episode. Yeah, and I, I hadn't really considered the the prequel angle to it. I I haven't watched TOS in a while. Mm-hmm. So maybe sometime in the future I'll do a TOS rewatch and come back to this episode because maybe I would appreciate it a little more then. Right, because, like, you know, in Discovery, we had things where they, like, call back to something specific, and they, like, talk about specific events, mm-hmm. right? Like, so if you're not too much into it, like, there is a callback to an Enterprise episode in Discovery. And while that's great because it establishes the continuity of the Star Trek universe, these little things are hinting at the prequel aspect without directly calling to it. They say Mm -hmm. something which makes you think of something else rather than saying, this is exactly what we're talking about. You know, I I hope I'm wording it right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. That's what I love about the episode so much, and that's what a prequel should be to me. Yeah, that's cool. I will say that when they, when Phlox was saying, well, this is not any human, he's part human, part yeah. Vulcan, and my thought went to, I wonder if this is uh, one of Mestral's um, ancestors. Ooh. So, But that wasn't it, but that was my first thought. Oh, I never even thought of that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah right on. Nice. Yeah, so we got lots of great stuff in Season 2. Um, you know, we're kind of all over the place. Uh, now, you'd mentioned you'd mentioned uh, Ponfar. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about uh, T'Pol's Ponfar and Bounty. Oh my goodness, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> yes, half of that episode is so painful. It was very painful to watch, just... Oh. <laughs> 50% painful, that episode. The, yes. the, the, the Bounty Hunter aspect with the Tellarite is so cool. Yeah. But and yet the... the other plot is horrendous. Yes, oh, yes, brutal. it. yeah, it was quite horrendous. Good old Ponfar and uh, medical loop. But really, have they? Are there any good? Are there any good Ponfar episodes out That's there? That's what I was going to say. I think Amok Time's great. Oh yeah, right. Yes. Okay, and then great. Uh, I think the one with Tuvok is good. I remember. Uh, I don't remember I, the name of it. I don't either. I, I, I don't think it was that good either. I don't think so. Well, not for well, me. We don't get that much Vulcan stuff. So. I see. I see True. Ponfar, and I think stop. Don't watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, which brings me to another episode that uh, actually is highly ranked that I'm surprised. But uh, Dead Stop, what did you think of that episode? Which one was that? That's the one where oh. they go to get repaired and Mayweather's dead. So you like Mayweather, so. Oh, yeah, that was, um, that kind of, what was that movie the with Hal? The Space Odyssey one, was oh, that? Oh, 2001, it? yeah. Yeah, that I just kept thinking of that when I watched it. Um, and I guess the computer voice in that was Roxanne Dawson. Yes. Yep. She so directed was, it as well. That's right. Yeah. Um, that was all right. I, I enjoyed that episode. Um, it, it w- wasn't a favorite, but 
Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, see, I, I don't. Oh. I guess I don't have a lot to say about see, it. But that's, that's interesting because I mean, I thought it was cool the way they figured out it was not Mayweather and all that. You know those things, but that was cool. Yes, so, that was. But cool. I, I'm, so I'm just flipping through I, IMDb as we're doing this, right? Just to pick episodes, mm-hmm. and it's like the fifth, fourth, or fifth highest ranked episode of the season. And I don't. I like hmm. the episode, but that seems high. <laughs> like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought that that one no, would be one of the highlights. I mean, it, it is behind the season finale. It's behind uh, Future Tense and Regeneration. Uh, hmm. It's also behind, uh, not Minefield, it's behind Carbon Creek, which is mm-hmm. second highest, and Shockwave. But So it's sixth. But it's sixth out of 24. Like 26. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but right, so there's 20 episodes, you know, 19 episodes worse than it. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder. That's interesting. Right on. Excellent. Okay, well, is there anything else that you want to touch on from Season 2 that we haven't asked you about? Any other favorite character moments? Any other favorite you know, B-plots or anything like that? Um, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you both think about um, uh, the sickbay one, A Night in Sickbay, I think. Yeah, that one. That I you saw my notes for that. I just thought that was such a ridiculous episode, um, especially when uh, seeing the fake dog um, that was so clearly fake. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm interested what you two think of it. Patrick, you go first. Um, if I remember right, uh, I actually enjoyed this episode. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, one of the things about this episode is it's one of the only episodes, even though it's a fake Porthos, it has to do with Porthos, so that kind of. Oh yeah, I mean that made it good. Um, And and seeing if you watch it for Archer's reactions, I think it's a good episode. Mm -hmm, However, most people agree with you apparently because it's rated pretty low. But um, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. You know, what'd you? You don't like the sexual tension and and Archer's uh, faux pas with his words. (laughs) I'm trying my breast. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I. Wasn't that what he said? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, there was a lot of stuff in there the, the second season had a lot of stuff but yeah that's a pain a it's kind of painful a lot, a, painful of stuff. But, a lot of stuff but if you look past the stuff there's some good story elements in a lot of these episodes in my opinion oh yeah definitely and horizon i liked when Ho- or not hoshi when to decided to go watch the movie the mm. Frankenstein movie. That was fun. And uh, I was really amused when Flocks wouldn't shut up and she turned around and said to him, uh, we can pause the movie if you'd like to finish your conversation or something like that. But <laughs> that was amusing. <laughs> yeah, well, the the movie nights are good because we, we made a podcast out of that too. So... Oh, you did that recently, Yeah, right? we did. Yeah. I don't like the Frankenstein movies that much. But... Almost done, Patrick. One more. I one know. More. I'm, I have high hopes for the last one. What's the last one? <laughs> We're going to do Abbott and Costello meet Frank. Oh, oh that's that one, one's yeah. fun. That's a fun <laughs> one. That, it's totally different than the others. So Yeah. We just we just released Son of Frankenstein. And out of the first three, that was my favorite. But Yeah, it was pretty good. You know. Yeah. Oh, um, in that episode too, when uh, T'Pol said they should have a dramatic reading of Frankenstein, and <laughs> and uh, um, Trip just totally shoots her down. And I would go to T'Pol's book group. I would say. too. It would be fun. It'd be really fun. And Frankenstein celebrated its 200th anniversary last year, so I think it would be very fitting. Oh, the book did. Okay, well, that's yes. an interesting little fact. I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that old. I knew it was 1800s, but I think, I guess I thought it was later 1800s. Yeah, yep, 1818. Well, it wasn't yeah. 18. 
Excellent. Okay, well, anything else that we want to touch on before we sign off for the day? I, I think, yeah, I think that's pretty much a good summary of the uh, season. I'm excited about next season. Um, I'm also looking forward to, this is a little further down the road, but um, I've read a little bit of the first Destiny novel, uh, and it mentions Erica Hernandez. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing her, but I don't think she comes till season four, correct? Yeah, season four, episode three, the episode home is the first time we see. We only see her two, maybe three times uh, mm-hmm. in season four, but... Um, I, I guess I have one more question for you then is oh, like, yeah. how would you say that your interactions have been like the support on Twitter and whatnot? Cause you're tweeting out when you're watching new episodes and stuff, right? Yes. How would you say the interaction with the fandom has been? It's been really fun. I've been getting to meet some cool people and just hearing people's thoughts on the episodes has been really great. Um, mm-hmm. And We've had some good laughs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm enjoying it. And the the reaction's been very positive. When I initially posted that I was going to be watching the show and asking like for advice or what, what people um, liked about the show, I thought I'd get maybe like 10 likes and 10 comments. But it just, like so many people were commenting, I couldn't keep up with it. And it was a surprise, a very pleasant one. Yeah, it starts mm-hmm. to snowball quickly. Uh, yeah, it was I, snowballing. I do have one... Other question before we uh, wrap sure. up. It's about an episode because I've always been fascinated by this episode because it's kind of a prequel of a prequel. But what did you think of uh, First Flight? I liked First Flight. I, I Yeah, I liked that. Um, it was interesting to just see Archer's determination to um, to get things going off the ground. And were they trying to hit Warp 3? I can't warp remember. Two. Warp 2. Oops. Warp 2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that... Um, yeah, seeing his determination with that was um, was kind of cool. So that's another one because we did a podcast on uh, the movie. What was the movie, Brandon? Uh, oh goodness, what's it called now? The it's a movie I about can. test pilots. Uh, it's the movie that the episode's based on. Correct. That's what I'm trying to get to. Oh, oh. Uh, the Mercury Seven. It's no, based on. Um, oh, right. no? This mm-hmm. episode is based on the good stuff or. The right, the, stuff. Right stuff. the right it's stuff. It's called the right yes. stuff, and it, it's it's based on the test pilots for the original, like uh, you know, lunar landings and stuff, or the original te- the original space flights, the first space flight. Yeah, I think I think it might. Have, I was reading the Wikipedia about it earlier. I think it was the Mercury Seven, but um, uh, oh yeah, it might have been the Mercury Seven rocket. Yeah, but it's called the right yeah. stuff, and right, uh, it's a very good movie if you haven't seen it, and it it's. It, it's not just based on that. They're basically hand in hand. These two, this episode and that movie. But nice, I'll have to check it out. It sounds good. Yeah, excellent. Right on. Well, thanks so much for joining us again. We look forward to hearing your take on season three, and I'm kind of looking forward to it because of how the season is different than the rest of Enterprise. You know, like the season long arc that they've decided to undertake. I'm interested to see what your impressions are. You've seen a few episodes here. We touched a little bit, uh, but. You know, we'll have you on for sure when season three is finished in your rewatch. So, Carrie, where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter at Care Bear. It's K E R R B E A R L I B, Care Bear Lib. Excellent. And uh, yeah, so follow Carrie. Uh, you interact with her, talk to her about some Enterprise episodes. Um, you're probably going to be close to the middle of your season three rewatch by the time this gets released, mm-hmm. uh, this episode here. But, uh, Keep following her and truck along with her for season four because there's lots of great stuff in season four. Oh, I'm excited. Excellent. 
Well, talking about Pond Far is not all we've been discussing here on the network this week. So please take a listen to this clip to see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, Literary Treks. The, it, it always frustrated me because on, on screen, we saw in depth the Klingon government, the Bajoran government, the Cardassian government, to a lesser extent the Romulan government. We almost never saw the Federation government. You know, we, we, three, three times we saw a president. Once we saw the council. The council was mentioned any number of times, but we never really saw it. Warp 5. When I go to throw a switch for the first time, you know, a 4,000 amp switch, I got to wear this heavy, thick, padded uniform to make sure that if something went wrong, I don't die. But if I can get some Tholian silk... Yeah, you could look good be like a, doing it at the same time. Right. right. T-shirt and, and jeans, and we're good. Maybe some I, I'm just thinking for when I go to Mexico, <laughs> I can have a stylish Tholian silk Mexican Hawaiian or a Hawaiian shirt. I love it. Yeah, because you got to know that that stuff would that, that stuff would be light on you. It would look good. It would breathe well. Earl Grey. Yeah, and the odd thing was I really didn't know. And I remember my dad came to me. I was like nine years old. I'm watching TV downstairs in New Jersey, and I'm watching some old James Cagney movie. And James Cagney was, you know, in a scene where he was, you know, beating up a bunch of people, like in a bar barroom brawl. Or and my dad came downstairs it was like 10 o'clock at night and he saw me really watching James Cagney beat up all these guys and my dad said to me you really like James Cagney and I said yeah I do and he goes do you want to be like James Cagney and I thought about it and I said no but I want to be those guys he's beating up <laughs> melodic treks and in this music you have these soaring horns that introduce the melody and they carry it through and the sound, because the register is very high, the sound, and because of the nature of the French horn, the sound is very hollow. It's somewhat ghostly and haunting. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcast. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave a star rating and written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link. We don't see hands on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best way to join in the Lord of the and the Vinhorns, or Lord of the Vinhorns. What was that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Our Is listeners group on Facebook. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I, <laughs> We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. <laughs> The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the forum on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. Patrick. Where can people find you when you're not experiencing Ponfar and uh, trapped in a room with flux? That sounds horrible. Terrible. 
Um, when it sounds that, like the worst episode of Enterprise to me. Yeah, yeah let's not write that for season five. Uh, so if that's not happening, please don't let that ever happen. I can be to found Patrick's on Patrick's Pond Far. Well, I am to Pat, right? Or yeah, to Pat's to Pond Far. To Pat's to Pond Far. Hanging out with to Paul, not to Paul. <laughs> Paul to Paul, but. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak anymore, so I'm screwing this all up. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at MagicDrop5. It's no spaces with a uh, digit for the five, not letters. You can also find me hanging out in the Babel Conference from time to time. I like to interact with the listeners. And you can find me on the edge with Amy Nelson every other week, just like this show. Uh, and that's about all the places you can find me. I'm supposed to say that to you now, huh? <laughs> So, Brandon, where can people find you when you're not hiding out dead inside a, a system that's fixing my ship, but the the real you is really... Oh, God. Hey, so, Brandon, <laughs> I screwed it up. So, Brandon... I'm leaving this all in. No, you're not. Yeah. Don't, don't do that. To... I'm editing. You suck. <laughs> so, Brandon, where can people find you when we're not hanging out with a fake you while you're dead inside a, a repair station? Apparently he's an aquatic. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to do that voice from Spaceballs, where the guy's like, Alright, look, if you've ever fired me before, you're really going to fire me now. I've never watched that movie in full. <gasps> I've probably never seen... 60% of that movie. I'm surrounded by <laughs> No, I, I get the reference. I just never see... I've never even seen that line. <sighs> it's not something that... I don't know. Comedies about sh- movies I like is not something I like. Give it to me. Give you what? Give it to me. What am I giving you? Your nerd card. I have a nerd card! Give it to me. No! I'm revoking it. No! You go watch Spaceballs tonight. I got stuff to do. I don't care. This is Spaceballs. See, okay? ask my wife. Go ahead, tell him. Oh, yes, he's got stuff to do, like now. Like See? right now, before I kill him. If you still want him, I need him now. <sighs> yes, but you tell her that I told you to watch Spaceballs. <laughs> tell her. He said I have to watch Spaceballs. You've never seen Spaceballs? It's not, she's mad at me, you jackass! <laughs> All of this should go at the end, by the way. <laughs> oh, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Matella. You've never seen Spaceballs? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't go as planned. <laughs> Your wife's even disappointed in you. <laughs> you might have just gotten me kicked off this ship. <laughs> you're not going on your honeymoon. You're watching Spaceballs. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> or your anniversary. Uh, you can find me here on the network with Melodic Treks, which is all about the music of Star Trek. You can find me on the Phantom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom talking about Hitchcock films. <laughs> you can find me every once in a while. Just not Spaceballs. Just not Spaceballs. Uh, every once in a while on Cinematic Sound Radio with uh, Breaking the Waves, which is all about electronic film scores. And Zach Moore from Standard Orbit. He and I have a podcast called Franchise Fatigue on the United Federation of Podcasts network where we cover films sequels and remakes in a series we cover them all and um 
as of the recording of this, we should be, as the release of this, we should be starting up our Toy Story series. Uh, oh, I know someone who's going on that. Yeah, you're supposed to be, uh, but you got to watch Spaceballs first. That's not at all a requirement. Uh, and uh, I think that's pretty much everywhere you can find me. I'm, I'm just still mind-boggled that you haven't seen Spaceballs. <laughs> so what you're saying is I have to watch it before I see, before I talk about Toy Story. Yes. All right, well, if you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week and me to watch Spaceballs, apparently, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash trekfm. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash trekfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more. Available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month. We really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. And we'd like to thank our fellow Spaceballs who support the network and Warp 5 individually. Norman C. Lau, Floyd Dorsey, Mike Morrison, Tim Cooper, Justin Ozer, Mark Flessa, Chris Tribuzio, and Jim McMahon. You guys all have a special extra shipment of Perrier coming to you. A what? And Patrick would get that joke if he'd seen baseballs. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't get it. I don't. We're grateful for you supporting the show as well as the network. Thank you. We appreciate it. Okay, well, next time we're going to be hitting up movie night again with Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein so uh, we're gonna we're gonna try and rush through and we, we want to get the movie series done um, because we've been dealing with that for quite a while now you know we've had so many other things come up so we're gonna do Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein um, and yes but until then remember you can't be afraid of the wind <laughs>